We're back with episode three of the Real Shirt Show podcast. I am Master Sergeant Tessman, and I am the first sergeant over the communications squadron, and this is... Hello, I'm Master Sergeant Anthony Jordan. I am the first sergeant over in the 22nd Civil Engineer Squadron, home of the Deuce Deuce and the greatest engineers on the planet. And today we are going to be talking with Mr. Kim from the Airman Family Readiness Center and discussing money. Finances. How do we take our poor airmen and make them rich? Make them millionaires before they leave. That's what we're here for. We're here for you, making you rich. Speaking with Mr. Kim today, we're gonna hopefully cover some ways to set us up financially for present and future um, and what that looks like and what it takes to make sure that we're covering our basics, building a good foundation, and hopefully setting something aside for after the military. Yeah, I know I had some questions regarding budgets and cars and APRs and TSPs, so I'm hoping we get a chance to get into it a little bit. I like it. I'm excited. I could use the lesson. Without further ado, this is episode three of The Real Shirt Show. Mr. Kim, well, so all the good stuff. From beginning to end, or, well, not the end, right? We're, yeah, we we're, not, talk about we're the not there end, yet. We're not there yet. So um, a little bit about myself, let's see. So I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and I came to the United States when I was five years old and lived in a little town called New Carlisle, Ohio, and I was raised there and then um, went to college, University of Dayton, didn't do so well, and then one day I saw a commercial back in the day. It was Aim High. I was like, man, you know what? I think that's what I need to do. So I went and saw a recruiter, and next thing I know, I'm telling my dad the day of that I need to go to basic training that uh, I dropped out of school. And so I joined the military in 1990, and I was a vehicle operator, did that for about 10 years, and a special duty assignment came up at the Airman Fan Readiness Center, and I was at Redness NCL. Then I left there, did a special duty assignment as a uh, ALS instructor. And then after that was done, I went back to my career field in vehicle operations and then retired. And then during that retirement process, there was a job opening over at the center. And they said, hey, Dong, I don't know if you know, but um, we have a position opened up. And so I'm thinking, do I want to go back to school again or do I want to just get a job? So I applied and started working at the Airman Fan Rennes Center in 2010. So, And then over the years... Um, probably in the last six years, I started doing the finance aspect of it, got my accreditation in 2018, and so here I am. Uh, I'm a, my title at the Airman Fan Rand Center is Lead Community Readiness Consultant, but then at the same time, I have an accreditation in, in finances. Cool. So we're, like, was it a passion that drove you to finance, or what? how did you step into the finance role? Y you know. Because I think you either like it or you hate it, or I, I don't know. I guess I just stumbled into it. A at the time, w when I was at the center, I was working transition and um, working the transition assistance program. And then I'm thinking, you know, I want something a little bit different. And Miss Marion Barry was the finance counselor at the time. A and so um, we wanted to switch some roles around. And so um, I, I got into the finance aspect of it and, and just, I guess, stumbled upon it in, in a roundabout way. And, uh, it's one of those, in regards to finances, you know, I think we try to make it more complicated than it needs to be. 
And, and so what I try to do, at least when talking with folks, before we focus on all the other things, let, let's kind of look at the basics and just break down what finances mean. And that's probably where I want to make sure that people understand because if we don't have a solid foundation, all the other stuff, it's probably going to be a challenge. Hmm. Keep it simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you deal with a lot of new and young airmen. Uh huh. So what are they seeing or what are you seeing with them? What are, what are the issues or what, what, what do we need to help them understand? You know, when it comes to finances, I don't think it's just the younger airmen. I think it's everyone in general. Um, sometimes we think that it's the airmen that have the issues, but I bet you if you walk around and if they want to talk about it, and see, that's the problem, right? Um, one, the issue that I think I see sometimes is, I think with our military members, they feel like they don't earn enough. Now, if we go off of their pay, and if we just count their base pay, okay, I might agree with you, but then if we calculate BAH and BAS and put that as a whole number, then if you look at their pay, it's not really that bad. So um, one of the issues I see is they don't understand that they are making a decent living, but at the same time, um, their choices on what they're purchasing is probably the issue that I see. And I, I would say for a good portion of the folks, buying a car that they can't afford mm. is probably one of the main issues. Um, with our younger airmen, the other thing is, you gotta figure a lot of them are probably 18, 19 years old, mm -hmm. just graduated high school, and, and this might be the most amount of money that they've ever made. And, and so sometimes when we get that kind of cash flow we just don't know how to manage it because we just make assumptions i mean everyone deals with finances right so they should know how to manage it but do they really know how to manage it and i think something that i've seen over the last couple of years is new airmen 18 19 years old coming in and they're looking to to buy their you know purchase their first car that they're actually purchasing or maybe now that they're responsible for getting their own cell phone and a lot of them don't have any credit or established credit. And mm -hmm. so then it's interest rates and things like that that become a conversation. Is there a way or is there a way that you would recommend for airmen to, to start building credit, not just credit, but positive credit for when they start trying to, to purchase that first car or home or those big life purchases? Right. You know, I think before we even think about the credit score and credit reports and things of that nature, I mean, it's important, but if we really think about that, right, you're right, at some point they're going to want to purchase a car, and based on the credit score, it's going to um, determine what their interest rate's going to be, right? Now, one of the things with our military members, there's companies out there, um, for example, that will not to name any companies, but there's, you know, certain credit unions that you can go to. And because they know you're in the military and you're trying to establish credit, instead of giving, giving you an 18% interest rate, it may be in the 9% until you can build it. Um, but I think the first thing that individuals need to do is what can they really, really afford? Um, 
you know, I, is a $350 payment too high, too low? I, I don't know because I don't know what their expenses are. And one of the things that we need to make sure that with our airmen is what can they afford? Because nowadays, I mean, the prices of cars, I mean, I just bought a, I drove a 2004 for a real long time. <laughs> it had 160 some thousand miles on it. And, you know, just a year ago, I decided I'm going to buy a car, right? And after everything was said and done, I, I want to say I financed $26,000. But at the time, because of my credit, I was able to get 0%. So do I pay cash for it or do I borrow their money and not have to worry about paying cash for it? I figure 0%, I'll, let, I'll use their money, right? Mm -hmm. and, and keep mine where it needs to be and make the monthly payments. But all I'm doing is paying them for the car and I'm not paying any interest. So for our young airmen, going back to the original question, I think the first thing that we need to do is figure out what they can afford then decide when to go and purchase the car but sometimes we rush and we get into a, a, a purchase that we can't afford and the other thing is especially when it comes to car buying they don't think about interest insurance right mm -hmm. so you're 19 years old you're no longer on your parents interest insurance so what's that mean you're going to probably pay somewhere between three to four hundred dollars a month on car insurance put another $400 on a car payment. Now we're looking at $800. Someone living in the dorms probably brings home somewhere around $750 a pay period. Mm -hmm. So their first paycheck goes towards purchasing a car and car insurance. And you haven't even talked gas. Yeah. Which is not getting cheaper right now. Right. Then you got your cell phone, mm -hmm. right? And then if they have credit cards, student loans, what do they really have in regards to finances? So um, I think when we speak with our younger airmen, I think that's the first thing that needs to be done is what is their budget and then go from there. So when I joined my first car, so mind you, I'm, I'm getting old, so 2003, uh, was I think a 98, maybe 99 Dodge Durango. Mm -hmm. And I remember purchasing it at tech school at Shepherd Air Force Base. And this is the best interest rate you're gonna get. Right. And I signed the line at 18 and a half percent which at the time thought was good right um did not have a budget which probably which we're gonna i'm sure we're gonna chat is probably where i should have started mm -hmm. before even looking at the interest rate or looking at what i can afford or even getting to my first base and realizing everything when i was at pope with the exception of getting to and from work was walkable mm -hmm. and i did not need to spend that and i didn't need a car that big either which was just poor purchasing right but absolutely insurance through the roof car payment through the which now we still hear airmen signing line or 18, 19%. Like I thought that was just back then. Mm -hmm. That's still happening right right now, mm -hmm. which is absolutely ridiculous. And that's the thing, you know, w and there's resources out there. If a young airman has that 18% interest rate, l most bases have some sort of credit union. And because they know they work in the military and the credit union's on base, they can at least get it lowered to at least 9%, mm -hmm. which is a lot better than that 18%. And that's one of the things that we run into, especially at first-term airmen. Um, when we do our FTAC briefing, we kind of want to make sure that they know if their interest rate is high. There are resources out there, and especially if they've been paying it for about a year, now they've established, and if they made their payments on time, they can probably go refinance it and get that lower interest rate.
So going back to it, starting with a budget, how what would you recommend, like, where's that baseline or where do we start that initial budget for a brand new airman? What should they be looking at or how should they be setting that up? So I like to keep it simple, right? Um, there's a lot of programs out there. You can go out to Consumer Federal Protection Bureau and you can work a spending plan there. They can come to the Airman Fan Random Center and we can sit with them and develop a spending plan. Um, there's apps out there that you can put your finances in but I think you guys remember back in the day well you guys should the younger airmen may not remember when you got your, your checkbook yes right and, and checks. right and, and so in that checkbook every, when you got paid you put in the deposit how much you got paid should have should have right <laughs> math math was not my sport but then that check register, if you really think about it, all you're doing is every time you wrote your check or spent your money on something, you would subtract it from your deposit. So what I would advise airmen to, actually I would advise anyone to do is, especially with the way the military's paid, you're paid on the 1st and the 15th, right? So that means you get paid on the 1st, and once you get paid, you've got expenses. And, and I would look at what I would consider the mandatory expenses. So what are those things? What are those items? rent, car insurance, car payment, cell phone, Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, right? You went a lot deeper on mandatory than I expected. <laughs> I didn't know Hulu was going to make the cut. Well, well I'm like groceries. Well, yeah, I'm <laughs> see, hey, there is a thing, right? So those, and when I guess mandatory, I mean, people you will owe money to. So if you have a streaming service, you owe money to them. Mm -hmm. If you have a credit card and if you have a balance, you owe money to them, right? So things that's gonna come out no matter what because you sign something and you're gonna have to pay it, right? So that's not gonna change typically. Your mortgage shouldn't change, your car insurance won't change, your cell phone bill typically will not change. So you need to know what's, what those items are gonna be on the 1st and the 15th. Then we gotta look at and go, okay, what do I have left over? And based on that, how much of it will I put into savings? How much of that will I put into TSP? And then how much will, of that will I spend on groceries, gas for my car, things of that nature? Because once your expenses are paid, you may have to say, you know what? I might have to eat ramen noodles for the next two weeks because I don't have enough grocery money. I love ramen. Me too. I, I like ramen noodles. <laughs> but, so, and I think it's important to know what those expenses are because that's when you're going to be able to decide how much you want to save and how much you want to invest and do the extra things. And without it, you, you, don't, you just don't know. And I think because of technology and we don't use the basic check register, we use our app, but the way they use their app or bank statement, money comes in, but they don't know what's really going out and they just, oh, it's in my account so I can spend it. I am really bad about, so every month I, I sit down and I'll set up a budget mm -hmm. and this is what's coming in and I try to take it all the way down to zero dollars based on what I'm putting in savings, what I'm putting here, restaurants and whatnot. Uh, I'd say about by day four, I've quit looking. Right. So I've got a plan, I just don't, horrible personally, and I know I'm not the only one in terms of sticking to it. I don't, even, don't need a receipt, I'm gonna see it on the bank account when it comes through mm -hmm. because of all that technology. Right. And you just go, you get relying on it, mm -hmm. which is obviously building horrible habits. And I think the, 
one of the most important things that I've taken from what Mr. Kim has shared with us is just how individualized budgets are and finances are. And maybe what works for you won't work for me. And I'm, I'm one of those that it's always been the thing in my house that my husband takes care of the finances, mm -hmm. which is awful because I used to be great at that. And uh, now I couldn't even tell you like what we're investing and where and TSPs and all those things. It's his passion. So right. that's kind of, you know, the bus that he drives. But listening to all this, I'm like, I probably should get a lesson, get a little bit more involved. I mean, even if you're not involved, I think you should know where your money's at. Um, and, and the other thing is, everyone's going to have a different process, right? What works for me may not work for you, but the f fundamentals are still the same. Whatever you make, you need to try to spend less than that. And, and I think that's the other thing, too. When, when we tell folks, come in and do a budget, they, they think that we're going to tell them you can't spend your money on this or that. It's not telling you to stop doing whatever you enjoy. If you enjoy going out to eat with your spouse and kids and you want to spend two or $300, by all means, do it. But then if you spend that and you can't make your car payment, okay, that we, we need to reprioritize yeah. what, what we're doing there. And, and so um, at least our goal is I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money, but what we want to do is to show you how you to manage your money. And I think that's the thing that people need to realize. And, and you know, one of the things when it comes to finances, I know how much money you guys make. It, it's pretty easy. It's not a secret. It, it's no. not a secret. As long as I know how many years you've been in, know what rank you're, you are, if your spouse isn't in the military, and if they're a civilian, and if they work, I may not know your spouse's income, mm -hmm. but I know what you make. But here's the thing, I don't know how you spend it. And when we talk about money, we don't talk about how we spend it because we don't want anyone to know. That's the personal side of it, right? And, and so um, how you spend it, it, it's your business, but based on what you make, you need to determine how you want to manage it. And, and here's the other thing, you know, we, we talk about young airmen, but I think we need to think about our older Airmen, and when I mean airmen, you know, the big A, people that have been in 14, 15 years in the military. So you're talking to us. Yeah, We're pretty about to much. get educated. You're, yeah. you're getting to that point, right? So are we planning for our transition? Because unfortunately, we have to take the uniform off. Either we separate or we're going to retire. Now, when we retire, it's a bonus because we do get a pension, right? But your pension will not make up what you're gonna lose when you're on active duty. And, and so are we preparing for that? Because we know it's gonna happen. And, and so for my wife and I, at least the way we managed it was, we're gonna have a mortgage, no credit card debt, no car payments, and we're gonna make it happen. And, and so at least with our mortgage, my retirement would have covered that. And then to live the lifestyle that we wanna live, we both had to find some work somewhere. But it made that transition from the military to the civilian side much easier because we didn't have that debt. And unfortunately, I see a lot of folks that retire, they still have the debt, and then now we can't afford the things that we need to afford and pay for. So 
it's almost like starting over. In, in like you, you, you serve 20 years and then you separate and you're no further ahead other than just experience and right knowledge. But you have financially, you haven't done anything to move forward. And, and if you want to maintain that same lifestyle, your options are find a job that's going to make up the difference that we just lost. And sometimes if we don't make up that difference by not having the expenses, we'll, we'll make it for you. You know, even with my retirement, my wife and I, we can live off of it. I mean, it can be done. It, it, I make enough that I can get a small little apartment for her and I. Um, no car payment. Well, I do have a car payment now, but I'll have food on the table. I'll have health insurance. What more do you need? It's all the other stuff, right? That's mm -hmm. not the lifestyle we want to live. It's the stuff that we want. I mean, there's a reason I drive a, a 2000 Ford Ranger. It's the best looking one on base, but there's a reason I drive that. There's right. no, there hasn't been a payment on that in forever. Yeah. It's no Durango. It's no, I, man. So our retirement, I know where we're going because I know the system that we've been in, kind of mm -hmm. like what we're, we've been talking about. Can you explain a little bit more in depth? Because I don't fully understand the new retirement, this new blended retirement in terms of, there's a lot more reliability on the TSP. Yes. So here's the thing, right? So the folks that's in the old retirement, like you guys are, when you do 20 years, you're younger than I am. Um, when you do 20 years, right, um, you're, you're multiplier for your retirement's two and a half percent. So 20 years times two, 2.5, you're going to get 50%. If you do 30 years, you're going to get 75%. Now, at the same time, you guys can contribute to TSP, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you won't get any matching dollars. Now, for our new airmen, this is how it's going to work for them. Their multiplier, instead of being 2.5%, it's going to be 2%. So they do 20 years, they're going to get 40% of their base pay. Now, one of the misnomers out there is a lot of the airmen think when they retire at 20, they're not going to get that 40% pension. They will get that pension. So if they do 20 years, they get the pension. Now, on top of that, they if you look at our blended retirement system compared to ours, you lost 10% in retirement. In the fact that the old system, you get 50, the new system, you only get 40%. So how did the government decide that they're gonna make up the difference? They're gonna make up that difference by, con by matching the airmen when they contribute to TSP. So as long as the airman does 5%, they will get 5% in matching. Now the matching doesn't start all right away. So after 60 days of service, the government will automatically give them 1% without them contributing anything. The system is also set up and that yet airmen don't know, 5% will automatically start going to TSP from their paycheck. So the system's gonna do that for them. After 60 days, they'll get the 1%. The airmen can go in there and change their percentage if, if they want to, which I don't recommend, but then the remaining 4% they will get after two years of service. So when they reach two years of service, that's when they will get the full 5% matching. So if I, I got to quit saying that. So if I start investing in the TSP, or rather as soon as I join, it's automatically investing. Mm -hmm. And if I don't touch it, mm -hmm. it's going to be 5% from that point on. Correct. So I have to go in and actively remove that. Correct. I did not know that. I had no idea of that, actually. And where would you go in to do that? My pay. So t 
let's talk about this whole TSP, especially for our young airmen, right? There's two systems that we use. We have MyPay. MyPay is where we go in to tell the Air Force how much of your pay you want to go into TSP. In addition to that, in MyPay, that's where you can change your address. So let's look at these young airmen. They join the military, they go to basic training, then they go to tech school. And so they're starting to contribute to TSP. MyPay is a system that you use to contribute to TSP and change their address. When they join the military, they probably put some sort of address on file. It could be mom and dad's, old apartment, whatever the case may be. Then our airmen go to tech school. In order to manage their money or the funds for TSP, they have to go into the TSP website. How do you get into the TSP website? You have to have your account number, PIN number, and password. TSP mails that information to whatever address they have on file. So if we have an airman that joined, went to basic, went to tech school, have mom and dad's address or an old address, their account number got sent to that address on file. They come to the new base. One of the things that we find out, we ask them, do you have your account number? Oh. It got sent somewhere and so they have to go into TSP or they have to request a new account number or talk with a mom or dad or wherever that address is and have them for that information because that's where they want to go in to manage their funds for our new airmen in regards to TSP it's going to be in what's called a life cycle fund so it's not bad but I think they can do better by doing individual funds when TSP first came out and when people started contributing, they put it into what was called the G Fund, which is basically what I call your savings account. It doesn't earn you much interest, but you don't lose any money. So I've met some folks that started TSP back in the day, and they had their money in the G Fund, where there's other investments that they can get a higher rate of return from. Where would I learn like which, if I'm going to handle that individually, I, I can't, I'm not smart enough, or at least I don't think I'm smart enough to go in there and say, okay, it needs to go into G fund or the S or the I or. Right. Is there a class or where, where do I get that information? So we do talk with our first term airmen. Okay. Sometimes it's like a fire hose for them, right? They're getting so much information and then we tell them to come over to the Airman Family Readiness Center. Every other month we do have a class on TSP. In addition to that, we do have myself, Miss Leslie Hall, and Bruce Brinkman, who's an accredited financial counselor who's contracted. He can sit with them. So we can come and do the briefing in your organizations. Individuals can come and speak to us one-on-one, -on -one, and then we can kind of tell them about where to put the funds and things of that nature. Um, as a matter of fact, I kind of skipped it. With TSP, there's two different types. You have the traditional TSP, and you have the Roth TSP. When the military starts you, they're gonna start you in the traditional. So let's talk about the traditional TSP. The benefit of that is if you do put your money in the traditional TSP, you're not gonna pay taxes on it today. But then when you get ready to pull your money out at the age of 59 and a half, because you didn't pay your taxes on it today, you're gonna pay taxes when you pull the money out. So what I advise our young airmen is to do the Roth TSP. Because if you think about the way you guys are taxed, it's just your base pay. So you're kind of in a lower tax bracket. So with the Roth TSP, you're going to pay the taxes on it today. 
then when you get ready to pull the money out at the age of 59 and a half, because we pay taxes on it today, you don't pay any taxes on any of the money you put in, any earnings, any growth, it's all yours tax-free. Is there, is there a limit on how much you can put in there? For this year, I want to say at one point it was 19500 but now I want to say it's 20500 So I might be off by 500 but you can contribute up to $20,000 into your TSP. That's good money. Yeah. <laughs> so if I was to – or better question, where would I find a calculator? Where do I kind of plan – if I'm putting money in, what is that going to result in in the next 10 years, 15 years? or Right. So, anyway, um, what I would do, th there's a calculator out there that you can put re investment retirement calculators, and there's a lot of different tools in there where you can put in your age, how much you want to contribute monthly, um, figure out what the rate of return is going to be. I typically use 8%. Because within TSP, um, we have what's called the C Fund, which is basically following the S&P 500 index. Um, it's been around since 1988. The lifetime average rate of return on the C Fund is 11%, and that's the one that I really like. Um, within that calculator, you can put in your age. Um, for example, you take a 19-year-old putting $200 a month into uh, Roth TSP, where the case may be, get an 8% rate of return. At the age of 60, if I remember the calculations, that $200 a month up to the age of 60 will give them about $600,000. On top of their pension? On top of their pension. And that's how, for our young airmen, they're going to make up the difference, right? So they do 20 years of service, they get their pension, they'll probably be around 40 years old. When they get to the age of 60, they'll have their thrift savings plan to help them with the retirement age. And then at 62, if they wanted to, they can start pulling their Social Security. So if you look at their retirement plan, at the age of 40, they have their pension, probably working another job. By the time they turn 60, if they contributed enough, they may have a million dollars in there. And, and that's possible, right? So they have that million plus Social Security, and if they're debt-free, they should be able to retire at the age of 62 and do whatever they want. It's good money. It is. And, and I think that's the other thing. You know, we talk about budgeting and things of that nature. We need to keep our budgeting process simple. But then the other thing you need to ask yourself is, when do you want to retire? So that's a question for you guys. When do you want to retire? At what age do you want to retire and not have to work unless you decide to work? It's today. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm broken, right? So I don't, I have no plans of retiring. I don't want to retire. I don't even want to think about it, which is a horrible mindset because I know I have to. At, at some point. At right? some point, I'm going to have to retire and I'm not going to be able to keep going. Yeah. And it's hard for me to envision that day coming. I mean, at, at some point, you probably want to work only if you want to work. I mean, even after you retire from the military, odds are you're going to work. I mean, what are you going to do with your time, right? My goal, and I get made fun of this by my wife, was to be able to retire and be able to have a position where I could make a good living just washing windows okay. and working at the container store. I heard they're great to their employees. Okay. There's not a container store anywhere near here, so I'm going to have to go somewhere else. But that was the goal. Or go work at Walmart as a greeter. I feel like I'd be great. Right. I told you my plan, right? 
No. I wanted to go be the lady that waters plants at Botanica Gardens with the cool hat. Okay. And the hose. Right. Yeah. But to have the freedom yeah. to do that, it's like you were saying earlier, you have to set yourself up to that position. Right. To where you can take a job where you're just happy and you can enjoy yourself and you're doing it because you want to do it. Right. Which is probably the more important thing. I'm not That's forced. what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but at some point, though, your military career is going to end, right? And, and eventually you want to get to a point, and I guess the question is, you don't have to retire, but if you were to retire, at what age would you want to retire at? I have a number. What is yours? Ooh. Based on that, 39. Right. I got about a year left. Okay. I, I just want to take an intermission like after the military and and kind of be a more present involved mom and okay. my kids will still be young enough mm-hmm. um for me to be able to play that role so it's not that i want to hard break like retire after the military i just want to just want like a four-year intermission and then i and then go back until i don't know i think health i'll, I'll probably depend on my health a little bit as long as i'm healthy and rocking and rolling then I would like to keep going until about maybe 62. Okay. I mean, I've never thought about a number, but if you're going to put me to it, I'd have to do the math and figure out, all right, when is, I've got two young kids. Mm-hmm. So my oldest has just turned eight. Okay. Um, so when we start talking grandparents, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping is a ways down the road, I right. would like to be retired enough to enjoy that. Right. Um, I don't know what that age is per se, but I want to enjoy that lifestyle with them and, okay. and just take time and go visit and travel or do whatever that looks like right and and so with that right now's the time to think about what are the things that i'm going to do so that way when i get to that age so in my case it's 62 and and i I have a good number you did pick a good number i'm I'm buying a lottery (laughs) ticket today is that good budgeting can she go lottery tickets (laughs) pro con so it's kind of like this it's in my want budget powerball's okay (laughs) scratchers are no powerball's are okay if it's like four or five hundred million and you only spend what you can afford Mm. right so i will every once in a while if it's up four or five hundred million i'll spend ten bucks right i won't spend any more than that but i'll spend ten bucks but anyways i'm not going to win the lottery right but going back to so i do have a number in place and so because of dumb luck, and I'm going to say dumb luck, that I will be able to do that because I've got three grandchildren, um, eight, six, and one, right? And nine years from now, I get to retire. So my dumb luck or dumb plan that I had just because I fell into it, I did 20 years military, so I got my military retirement. I'm working on my second retirement with civil service, and then I'll have that. At the age of 62, I'll be able to draw Social Security. So with those three forms of income, with being debt-free, I mean, I still, house will be paid off, right? But I still got to pay property tax and insurance and things of that nature. I'll be able to retire. And if I want to work, I work. If I don't want to work, I don't have to work. And and my biggest struggle at the time probably will be, where do I want to go on vacation with my wife and the grandkids, right? And, And so that has to be a plan right it just doesn't happen and sometimes we focus on the the now which is important because the now is what's our budget look like but then we need to look down the road what's our future look like and how can we make that happen and everyone's going to be different 
because in my case, my wife's a civilian employee, so she doesn't have a military income, so that's completely different. Um, I want to say in your guys' situation, you prob you're probably mill, mill to mill, right? Mill to civilian. Mill to civilian. And, and, and so our finances are different. And so based on where you are in your current position, I think those are things that we have to think about. Where do we want to be and plan for that so that way when we get there, we can enjoy it. 62. There you go. It's the magic number. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, so we did ask a bunch of airmen, and I asked for some questions, but mm -hmm. I, honestly, I think you've answered all of them because there was a lot of it. I want to buy a new car, and what, where do, what's the amount of money, and how do I budget? So we've gone over, I think, bad percentages, annual percentages. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I would say, last question, is there anything that you and the Airman Family Readiness Center offer that maybe we haven't talked about in regards to, like, finances or budgets or something that maybe goes underutilized because it's maybe we're not informing or to caveat onto that, because we see this a lot, we have a young airman that comes into the base or not a young airman, someone PCS is in, and they don't catch that they've been overpaid or underpaid by finance. Mm -hmm. And we all know the Air Force is really quick. If, mm -hmm. if we have overpaid you, we're going to take it back in a quickness. Right. Or if we've underpaid you, you'll get it back eventually. Right. And so one of the things that I would probably say, especially when our pay gets messed up, um, one of the things that our Air Force members have a benefit of, and the campaigns going on right now, is the Air Force Aid Society, right? Instead of them going off base or where the case may be, if they got overpaid and then they take the money out, now they got to figure a way to pay rent or a car payment. One of the services that we have is the Air Force Aid Society, and in regards to that, they can come in, do an application, and the great thing about Air Force Aid is the fact that they will get the emergency assistance in the form of a loan, so that way, and in the form of a loan, but they're not going to have to pay a high interest rate because there is no interest rate. So they're going to just pay back what they borrowed. Um, and, you know, you bring up a good thing about the leave and earning statement. Um, when I talk to the young airmen, especially our first-term airmen, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because if you don't know, you don't know. Um, back in the day for me, we used to get the leave and earning statement in our orderly room. Our supervisors went there, picked it up, and then they handed it to you, right? The 1st and the 15th, and I got a paper copy. What's our gonna, were you still getting paid out of a cash cage, too? <laughs> <laughs> Not out of a cash cage. It went to my account. but um, So we did have a direct deposit then. So, But, you know, I physically saw my leave and earning statement, but our young airmen today they have to go in and look at it, right? And, and so if you don't know what you don't know and you don't go and check it, for all my supervisors out there, you need to sit down with all your airmen and make sure that they go in and look at their leave and earning statement and teach them how to do it. Now, we do that with our young airmen at the first term FTAC briefing, and we do the finance, and we go over the leave and earning statement. Um, but that's one of the things, you know, I've seen two examples where and an individual lives in the dorm because they live in the dorm. They get BAS, but what should they get in, in return? What's the, one of the things that happens? Meal deduction, right? Mm -hmm. For over a year, no meal deduction. They've been overpaid. Finance finds out, and then guess what's happening? 
they're going to have to pay it back. Now, on the flip side, I had a young airman that was not receiving BAS, but then they were getting the meal deduction. So that individual is being underpaid. And and so they came in for a budget because they're talking about, man, I can't afford this or that. And come to find out they were being underpaid because they weren't getting the BAS and just the meal deduction. So that individual went to finance, and next thing you know, they got an $1,800 refund. So it was a nice little savings account. Um, So I can't stress the importance of our airmen looking at their leave and earning statement. In regards to the Airman Fan Redness Center, we do have myself and Miss Leslie Hall, who's part of the staff, and we're both accredited um, counselors, and we have Mr. Brinkman. We're there for them before they decide to go buy a car, go buy a home. I mean, do your research and get all the information before you make it. And I mean, out of this whole thing, if anyone, based on what they've heard, if they didn't hear anything, I think we need to just look at finances as simple as possible and figure out what do I make and how much can I spend. Once we get that figured out, then we can go into let's you know build your credit score, let's go buy a car, let's look at interest rates, let's look at investment, let's look at let, let's look at saving. But if we can't manage what we're currently making, then we can't really focus on the other aspects of it. And and I I will tell you this, you know, when it comes to finances, I've made a lot of mistakes. The stage that I am in my life, it it took a long time to get here. I mean, I had credit cards, I had debt. Um, Am I proud of it? I learned from it. So when it comes to my finances, I wasn't perfect by all means, but we don't share that, right? We, We just say, we tell people how to do things, but we don't share that we made mistakes, and I made a lot of them. And, and so it's taken me a while, and I will tell you this. My relationship with my wife is much better today than it was when we were first married because when it comes to finances, that's one of the things that could create problems. And, and so we don't have that problem. We still argue about her Amazon purchases, but that's different. <laughs> what do we do with all the cardboard in the garage type <laughs> right? situation? Because yeah. We can buy it, but we don't know how to break down the boxes and put it in the recycle. Anyways, that's another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so, but I, I will ask you this one question, though. At what point will you not think about finances? I don't think there will ever be a point. There will be one point. Okay. I can't think of one. When we're dead. Right. Uh, right? But if you really look at finances, it's always going to be a part of your life. It doesn't matter how much money you make or how little you make, you still have to manage it. And so let's learn how to manage it, and then that will help us alleviate any stress and hopefully live a better life because we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay our bills. Good foundation, better quality of life. Right. Makes sense. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. So the only thing I will add, and I'm sure we're getting ready to wrap up, is if there is an airman who's watching this that has questions or concerns or thinks something is wrong, I hope they'll at least speak up and go to a supervisor mm-hmm. or go to a first sergeant mm-hmm. or come see you guys at Airman Family Right in the Center. Because usually the issues we see are they're afraid to speak up or they don't know that there's an issue. Right. And that you guys have resources to help them. We have resources to help in the situation mm-hmm. where even yours may or may not 
Right. Like there are tools and we can help people get out of some of these problems. Absolutely. And that's what and, we're here for. And the other thing is don't go and seek advice when you're in trouble. Seek it before then too. It's like preventive maintenance, right? Why we get our oil change in our vehicles, preventive maintenance. And you know it's coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Budget for it. Yep. Proactive, right. not yeah. reactive. There you go. Well, thanks, Dong. Hey. I had a great time. Me too. So I'll get. I'll ask you again when you plan on retiring what age. I'll do the math. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I need a pen I'm, and paper. Yeah, I, I need a pen and paper. <laughs> I'm not good at keeping it. I can keep it simple, but I'm not that smart. Right. So I got to draw it out. Well, Mr. Kim, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for watching. This is The Real Shirt Show.